Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Another great week for It's The Real. How do we do it? We're not going to tell the people how we do it. No, not this week. Not this week. What did we get into this week, Jeff? We went to Jeffrey's listening party. Oh. Young Thug. Yes, formerly Young Thug. Now he is, no, my name is Jeffrey. It was at the YouTube space downtown. We definitely got there, we thought, late. Yeah, it turns out it was early. Uh, Jeffrey was on a flight. <laughs> Jeffrey was making his way from Atlanta and didn't come until after all the music had played. So the greatest thing was, so you had Lior there. Yeah, Lior Cohen is standing on stage. And you know we're Lior fans, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're here for Lior. By the way, some girl who works for him was like, who are you? And I say, it's the real, and she goes, oh my God, you're, you're huge uh Lior fans to the point that i was wearing a Lior name tag the 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 word has spread it's the real big Lior fans we're there for Lior we're there to see him conduct an interview with young thug problem is he's not much of an interviewer well no and yeah, also sorry young problem thug, is young thug's not even there yeah young thug also not a great um answerer that, i guess well, yeah you know all so, that so before thug even got there kevin lyles was on stage and acting like it was like a 1979 disco it was unbelievable like queuing up the music pointing to people getting everyone riled up going and, and here we go it was Hit an it. experience it, nah. so eventually thug showed up jeffrey showed up whatever his name is he yeah. showed up mm-hmm. and uh you know a lot of questions for him from leor very generic. I did like how it was streaming worldwide, and Lior points to a big monitor and says, we're getting questions from Iceland. We're getting questions from France. We're getting questions from... Denmark. Denmark. But we're not going to acknowledge any of them. Thug, when are your concert tickets going on sale? And Young Thug said, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, also this week, we went to two parties... For the now 21-year-old Justine Skye. And if people don't know who Justine Skye is, she is an R&B singer. Mm-hmm. We've had her on the podcast. She's signed to Rock Nation. She's managed by Lenny S. She's she, best friends with, like, several Kardashians. And, like, Jaden Smith, right? You've yeah. seen her. And, you know, like, all 21-year-olds, she's into parties. And she's into birthday parties. And we went to two of them. And ever since she was on this podcast, you've had this... Well, it's not only her. Like, so I have a few favorite things to do on um, on social networks. Okay. One of them is that if you write something spammy, like you know, check out my mixtape on one of my friends' Instagrams, I'm gonna copy and paste it and write the same thing underneath, right it. underneath it. Yeah. The other thing I like to do is on Twitter, if someone sends a subliminal at, at like a, a diss at somebody, yep, without like naming any names, yes, I like to respond to every single one and same. say, "Is this about me?" And the, the answer really <laughs> is no. Is no, it's not. But I like doing it. So <laughs> Justine Sky, her Twitter feed is all subs. Listen, she's, every every single message is. A she's sub. a twenty-one-year-old girl who's you know every week she's going through it, right? Yeah. So like you know she's either talking about a guy she likes and he's disinterested, or she's talking about bad friends or anything. And every be, single message, she could be saying like, "This sandwich was terrible." And every single thing I say, is this about me? Is this about me? And does she ever answer? No. No, okay. So so I think it's a really good bit. So Justine is somebody who we've seen out a bunch. Her publicist is one of our best friends. And it's not unusual for us to run into Justine. But you have this thing hanging over your head. At a certain point, I was like, you know, I'm significantly older than she is. <laughs> At a certain point, I'm like, maybe this is like sort of creepy. 
like for me to just keep saying is this about me you know like on twitter where she doesn't she doesn't get the tone of the voice well also she's never responded no so never you know, ever knows? ever i'm just the creep who says is this about me is this about me so she never responds one of those times when we hung out with her we're at this club and you kept such a distance it was like there was a force field that you were like i don't want to get near her because i don't want her to be like hey you creep yeah get out of my mentions and know it's not about you and nothing's about you and nah so finally we go to her birthday party this week and you know it was a star-studded affair fabulous Khaled. and we walk in and justine walks over to me this is it and says it's not about you okay To which I said, it is about me. She knows. She knows. Nah, for real, for real. Shout out to Justine Sky. Happy birthday to her. Nah, for real, for real. Jeff, this week on A Waste of Time, we have... We have Zaytoven. Zaytoven, the Atlanta producer by way of the Bay, by way of Germany. I think he lived in San Diego for a little bit. Really great guy. Interesting story. You know his music from... I mean, Gucci Mane. Yep. I mean, Future. Yeah. Like, anybody who has ever stepped foot in Atlanta who is... They better know Zaytoven. They, I mean, everybody knows Zaytoven. Let's get into this episode. When do you think? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Word on Road, a.k.a. Stop. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Too Much Sauce, a.k.a. Swimming in Gravy. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was the intro. I didn't know. Let's do that over. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You took my line, though. Too much salt. That's my line. Oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more time? Yeah. All right. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Word on Road, a.k.a. Stop. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Too Much Sauce, a.k.a. Swimming in Gravy. Yo, what up, man? It's Mr. Funky Fingers, a.k.a. 88 Keys, a.k.a. Mr. Too Much Sauce, checking in. <laughs> what it do? Yeah, this is a waste of time with this for real. <laughs> <laughs> Zay, what's happening? Oh, man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Welcome to New York. Thank you. Man. Welcome to the Upper West Side specifically. Yeah. That's what's up? And the craziest thing is that when you came in here, you noticed that we had Black Magic cameras in our apartment. And if people are listening, if they're only listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. they're missing out. They're by far missing out. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. you need to experience this through the lens You're of right. three Black Magic cameras. You're right. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you, you you're used to cameras all the time. Yeah, it's like you right here, you know, right here in the face of it. It's live and direct. That's with these right. Cameras. You can yeah. see you can see the sunglasses that Zay is wearing. Mm-hmm. You can see the dad hats that are made specifically for Gucci Mane, the Gucci legend man. Gucci, yeah. Gucci man, yeah. uh, from our friends over at Atlantic Records. If you're not watching this, you're missing out. Yeah, definitely. But we're so happy to have you here. I'm glad to be here. We've had we've heard amazing things. Uh, we've seen interviews that you've done. We've heard amazing things from our friend Miss Info, who mm-hmm. interviewed you already. Mm-hmm. Um, you well, the, the first thing we want to talk about is you have a past as a barber. Yes, yes, yes. When did you start cutting hair? Uh, I started cutting hair when my brothers were old enough to get haircuts. Like you know, I, that so was like from birth. <laughs> well, not you know when they start getting like me and my brothers are like. Five, you know, four years apart. Then mm-hmm. the other one, we eight years apart. So, uh, I know when my brother turned had to be eight, and I was old enough to play with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I started cutting it there. Well, is that, is that like sort of like trial and error? Trial and error, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I was just messing his head up. <laughs> but you know, that's something you want to do when you got younger brothers. You can experiment. Yeah, well, yeah. I hope I hope you perfected it at a certain point. I yeah. had it, yeah. <laughs> After a while, it took me till I got to high school, and you know, start cutting my friends. 
you know why then i perfected it were you good with the clippers and with scissors well i didn't really use scissors like that you know i started messing with the clippers once i once i learned how to do the fade when i got my fade down mm -hmm. it's like you know i was in the game i never really used clippers that much i mean yeah. uh scissors that much do you do you follow rick ross on snapchat uh, not Snap, no, I Okay, because uh -huh. he has a friend of his whose name is Slab, and, like, mm. it's his, like, buddy who he takes everywhere, everywhere. Memphis or, yeah. or Miami or Atlanta, wherever, and he is seemingly just a friend, but, and, by the way, Slab, like, takes over on his Snapchat, and it's called, He's like, a star. Slab Reporting Live. Yeah. But... Uh -huh. The other day, Ross is like, I need a haircut. He's out in, like, Europe or something. And he's like, I got 10 bands for whoever will cut my hair and do a good job. And he mm -hmm. ended up giving his buddy Slab the clippers. And he, like, has his phone and he's documenting himself getting this haircut. And he's just shaking his head. He's like, this is the worst. So worst haircut in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just can't have, like, any friends take the clippers and give you. No, you can't. Not at all. <laughs> not when you care about how you look. Have you yeah. given yourself haircuts? Yes. I used to do it all the time. I used to mess my head up all the time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's how you learn. Shouts to Yachty for that. You want to talk about where you get your haircut? I get my haircut at a place that also sells gold, so shouts <laughs> to them. <laughs> New York City rent is a, uh, is a bitch. <laughs> not, not great. No. Barbers over no, there. No, they stink. Zaytoven, if you want to stick around, you can also cut my hair. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I yeah. got you. I definitely got you. Let's go back to the very beginning. You're born in Germany. Germany, yes. Frankfurt, Germany. Frankfurt, Germany. Mm -hmm. So your father was in the service? Yes, sir. What arm of the service? The army. The army? Yeah. And so he was serving out there, like, at the end of his career, or where? No, uh... He he didn't uh, really. His, he ended his career in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Really, so that's that's one of the reason I even came to Atlanta. So, so. you went Germany. How long Germany, did you spend out there? Oh, I was. I don't even remember Germany at all. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think we went to Germany. Then we went to um, North Carolina. Then we went to Columbus, Georgia. Then we went to California. <laughs> you know, like San Diego, San Francisco. Then we went to Atlanta. How Where's you, the longest place that you stayed? The longest. I'd have to be Atlanta now because, you know. Well, yeah, all, now you're an adult. Yeah, yeah, now I'm an adult. But, you know, the other other places, you know, four or five years is, you know, the max I spent. And all well, how, how do you keep friends? Isn't that, like, tough to keep, like, moving? Uh, I enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed having the friends that I had, but then I also was excited about moving, like mm -hmm. making new friends. So. Hmm. And where's the place you wish you would have stayed as a, as a kid? San Diego. Yeah. San Diego was just like the prettiest city I ever lived in, I felt like. And that's I a just, military city. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And I just had so much fun, the scenery. I just love San Diego. You spent your high school years, your real like formative years in the Bay. In San Francisco, yep. You get your driver's license out there? Yes, I did. How are you as At a driver? 18, uh, I think I'm a great driver. Yeah? Especially out there, you got to be a good driver. You got to parallel park on yeah, the hill hills, that's yeah. like uh, super steep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You drive manual? Uh... You should mean like a stick? Yeah, no, yeah, I can't. Yeah. No, no, I can't. Just strictly automatic. I tear the clutch out the car. <laughs> I tried it and I just burnt out the clutch and I'm like, I don't want to do that no more. What were you listening to in the Bay when you were there? I was listening to Bay Area music. Yeah. It was Messy Marv, JT the Bigger Figure, San Quinn, Be Legit. You know, on CDs. Guys. On CDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it tapes? Was I still on tapes back then? Maybe. I, it might have been tapes around. Well, CDs and tapes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Put it like that. But like. Uh, we're all a similar age. Was like, what was the music that really like first hit you? Was it like, like Death Row stuff? Death Row. It was you hit it right on the head. It was yeah. uh, Dre Day. Yep. 
uh, and it's, you know, somebody played it for me and it just really, you know, I wasn't allowed to listen to rap music for real, you know, because my, my, my dad's a preacher, my mom is choir director. That's how I started playing music was in church. Right. Mm-hmm. So I really wasn't allowed to listen to music with profanity in it. Yeah. So, you know, a buddy of mine, it just had a little Walkman and had the little single, the Dre Day single. And it was letting me listen to it, and I just could not stop listening <laughs> to it just over and over and over again. Man. So it just caught me. That right there caught me. The Chronic album came out, and then it went to Doggy Style, and I, I was just stuck. I, was I just remember stuck buying that. the Doggy Style cassette and with going with my mom to the store mm-hmm. and covering up the parental advisory <laughs> yeah. sticker yeah, with my yeah. thumb with so th- that we can get it home, you know? Yeah. Did yeah. you get caught with uh, like explicit uh, advisories or anything? Like, did your parents catch you listening? to They uh, caught rap? me listening to it, uh, and it was crazy. I was listening to Red Man, Muddy Waters yeah. album. I was, uh, you know, I fell asleep. I used to like fall asleep with my music on, and I remember my dad coming in the room like, "Boy, what in the world <laughs> are you listening to? Like, what is this? Like, he already throw the whole uh, cassette thing, just throw it down, break it on the floor. Like, man, you, I don't bet I ever catch you listening to this no more." <laughs> And was that the last time he caught you? Uh, caught me, yeah. <laughs> last time you ever was, listened to rap, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the last time he caught me listening to rap, yeah. but I was still listening to it. Wait, so uh, you grew up in the church, mm-hmm. and you grew up uh, playing the piano in the church, yeah. the organ? Yeah, the organ, piano, keyboard, all the same thing. Drums, and drums too, right, and, yeah, drums, yeah. Yeah, and drums, yeah. I mean, you're talking to two Jews, so we don't know anything about the church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But every every Sunday you were out there, and I read something that, that there was like a line of, of guys, like five of you or something, mm-hmm. who would rotate... Yeah, playing, playing the, drums. the drums. So that's what made me kind of take interest in playing the keyboard is because, you know, when you're playing the drums and you got five people in line, it's like you got to wait your turn to play. <laughs> so with the keyboard, then nobody else want to do that. So I said, you know what, I'll go start trying to learn how to play the keyboard. How big a church is this? Uh, this was maybe about two, three hundred members, you know. And you had five of them on drums. Yeah, like, five guys. Play. Yes, you know, the young guys, we all want to, you know, get our chance to play the drums. Well, yeah, what's the age range in the band? Like, do you have, like, somebody who's more senior than everybody else? Yes, you do. You have, a, uh, you know, you have, the organist was the guy that really was the, you know, the one that was running everything. So he was at, he was maybe about 80. Tw- no, 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 no. <laughs> no. He was actually young. He was about 26, 27 at the time, you know. So. And he was, like, musical director? He was the musical, yeah, the music director. And us playing the drums, we still had a, a you know, a senior drummer, an older guy that played, but, you know, they always tried to let us, you know, be involved. So they'll be like, you know, let the let us get a turn, turn to play a song, you yeah. know. So. Were you nice in the pocket? Uh, I think I was pretty good. That's good. Yeah. So That's all I did was play in the pocket. I couldn't really roll too much. I was just a pocket player. <laughs> yeah. So if there's five of you there, you all have to play like right-handed. Well, I think everybody was right-handed. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Let's start for the left-handed <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah. So you switched over to to playing the organ. Uh huh. And can you play any other instruments there, like bass or? Not really. I started messing around with the bass, but you know, I, I it wasn't that interesting to me. You know, I started trying to play with it, but once I got into that organ and playing the keys, it's like I was just zoned in on that. Right. Yeah. I read somewhere that you still play every uh, every, still, Sunday? every Sunday. I, I every Sunday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Are yep. you the musical director? I now? am. The you music. should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Is everybody right-handed? Uh, yeah, everybody right-handed. Yeah. Better be. <laughs> do you play? Do you play on one of those? Like, have you played in a church with like one of those like giant organs where the pipes just like go like forever? I've been to churches where they had the uh, pipes in it, but I never played them because mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know how to make that sound good. Does any of that translate to playing like in a band at school? Played in a band at school, and I didn't. The funny thing is I couldn't read, you know, I couldn't read music. Like in a band, when you play in a band, you got to learn how to read music. Sure. Right. But I was so advanced at playing by ear and listening to music and playing it where 
you know, I couldn't dumb down and, and learn how to read music. So they and I was so good that they just let me still play in the band. What what instrument? Uh, I played the drums, and then they added keyboard just for out of nowhere. Just, you know, it, the school I was going to was kind of like. I would say ghetto, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like, we just gonna add pieces. You can play the keyboard, okay, add this on top of that. <laughs> and you know, we're just putting stuff together. So. Marching band, concert band, what were you in? Uh, jazz band? It was a jazz band, and it supposed to have been a marching band, but we didn't march nowhere. No. We just, you know, <laughs> stayed there and played. <laughs> Well, I played drums in marching band. Jeff played... Uh, uh, trumpet, and then they were like, yeah, you can play baritone horn, which yeah. is like not a cool... And you... you yeah, girls don't like love the baritone <laughs> nah, horn. That's yeah. not like what the baritone horn's known for. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't play. No, but you walked around in marching band. Yeah, I like to walk. I didn't like to play. And faked playing. Yeah, <laughs> fake playing. Oh, yeah. Okay. You I just know. get through the parade, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I liked getting from point A to point B. And actually, well, did you guys? Did your did your march? Well, you didn't march, but mm -hmm. did you still play in the stands at like basketball games, we, yep. and football games? That's how I got noticed in making being a producer. Really? A guy by the name of JT, the bigger figure, came to the football games and saw me playing. It's like, hey, man, I got to get you in the studio. Like, you know, I want to bring you to my house into the studio. You specifically? Yeah, me. Yeah. Specifically. So, Not the trumpet player. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was me, and it was just... Because, you know, in doing breaks or intermissions, I might start playing a, something that, like a song that come on the radio or something. You know, just messing around. Right. And he kind of... I think he kind of overheard that and said, hey, man, let me... uh. Let me talk to you. Let me, you know, bring you to the studio. Well, that's actually kind of interesting because there's somewhat of a parallel now in Atlanta with Sir Foster, who plays uh, the organ at the Hawks games. Mm -hmm. Have you met him or? I haven't met him, but I remember him playing uh, Bricks by Gucci. Yeah, Man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at one game I was at. So. Oh, you were there? I was there, yeah. And we were just like, that's. I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was weird. I was like, man, who playing that? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty wild because you know not many stadiums have live organ players anymore. Right. Like mm -hmm. Yankee Stadium does, um, I think uh, City Field where the Mets play. Mm -hmm. So the Madison Square Garden might, but uh, the Hawks, like Sir Foster, became like a celebrity. Like yeah, you, down there, you interviewed him. You did. I did interview him for Billboard. Billboard, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and nice guy, and like you know, it's just it's so funny how that really like took off. It's real funny. And you, you, I'm sure you appreciate that. I as... definitely appreciate. it. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, um, do you get like an ASCAP check for uh, for him playing bricks? I, you know what? I haven't. I, maybe I need to look in there and see. Or yeah. you need to find you know, some. I just foster. look at the money and go <laughs> yeah. cash, cash the check. I don't really see where all this is coming from. So so okay so so JT the bigger figure mm -hmm. uh, notices you, mm -hmm. and are you like cool? Yeah, is I'll that your first studio, studio session? Yeah, I was young. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm with it. And so I go in there and, and, you know, learn how to play the equipment. He'll show me how to work the equipment and be like, okay, here, you know how to make a beat or whatever. So I'm going to go and I'll be back in a few hours. So I'm just, it's like toys <laughs> to me. You know, I'm sitting there playing with them like it's, it's toys. I'm just putting beats together. Listening back now, do you see sort of like the blueprint of where you're at currently? Like all these years ago where you're like, oh, there was something in those beats. Ex exactly. Yeah. I, I think everything I did from... From then at the beginning, because I used to just, I didn't know how to really make a beat. So all I would do is just play a lot of piano and then just add a, a beat on top of it. And then nobody really want to rap on it. It's like, well, that ain't what I'm supposed to do with that. You know, so I had to learn how to, you know, dumb the piano down and, and you know, and put certain sounds in there and put drums where they're supposed to be. But, you know, making those beats all those years ago is I'm still using that same format, you know, at making beats now. And who's the well? By the way, do you listen now and you're like, oh, those drums were just not hitting, or those? <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. I still have all the tapes of all the beats I ever made from the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you taken any of those ideas from back then and, and like, used them like more recently? Not yet. 
But I am going to do that. Yeah? Yes, I am. Today. Yeah. Just got to find me a cassette player. <laughs> That'd be dope. Yeah. Yeah. Epic yep. sent us uh, like a new Jodeci cassette mm-hmm. in 2015. It was like, <laughs> great. So now we have a cassette. We don't know how to play it. Yeah. <laughs> and we went on Twitter. We're like, does anyone in New York City have a cassette player? Yeah. And like 2,000 retweets later, nobody did. <laughs> nobody did. Yeah. No one. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, and actually, that'd be really cool if you could sample yourself. I'm, I'm on it already. I, I start pulling the tapes out. That'd be dope. <laughs> yep. Okay, so so so, wait, so but you're okay. So then you move to Atlanta at some point, mm-hmm. and you start. Uh, Gucci is your first actual like project down there, right? Yes, yes, yeah. And he found you at the barbershop? Well, no, I was um, I was a, just a new kid, you know, in Atlanta with a with a studio at my mom's house. So you know, guys, I, I was going to barber college, and I you know I met a few guys up there, and one of those guys. Uh, was friends with Gucci Man. Now Gucci Man wasn't a rap artist or none none of that, you know, at this time. What was he? Was he? A, he was just a, I don't know, he's just a, a friend of, you know, a buddy of mine. Yeah. So he came over one day and he was like he wanted to, he wrote a song for his little little nephew and it was called Little Buddy. And like, man, you put a beat to this and it just that's how we kind of met and started, you know, building chemistry from there. So I made a beat for his little cousin and the song that he wrote was just to me was genius. They was like nursery rhymes, but it was just something special about it. So after we did that a few times, he came over and saying like, you know, I wrote the song for the for my nephew. It's like, won't you do it? Or, you know, or he might go in there and lay the song f- so his nephew would see how it's supposed to go. And I just kept saying like, dang bro, you sound so good doing it. It's like why you don't never rap? And it went to, you know, all right, I am going to rap. And he did a few songs, you know, it was fun until he started taking it serious. Yeah. Man. You know, it's it's so easy for people to say in 2016 when, you know, the, when he's in Vogue or when he's, mm. you know, on the cover of Fate or he's in the New York Times, like, oh, he's charismatic and he's like yeah. a genius. But to see that uh-huh. all those years ago, all those years ago, that's pretty amazing. It is. And I seen it when other people didn't see it. Like people were like, oh, no, nah, he ain't. No, nah, he ain't really good. I don't know what you're talking about. So. You were in your, your parents' basement. Basement, yep. Did your parents meet him then? Yeah, definitely. So he came over. He was over every day. It's almost like he lived there. He'd come over <laughs> every day at 7 o'clock in the morning. 7 in the morning? Yeah, 7 early. in the morning, early. He brushed his teeth like, Zay, I'm, I'm, I'm on the way over there. And we just doing music. You know, it was, a, it was a fun thing for us at that time. Yeah. Probably not for your parents. They were like, it's early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And how late did the sessions go? Oh, uh, it all depends. Sometimes we might do a couple of songs. He might have to leave and go do whatever. We take a break. I go to the barbershop, cut some hair. We might come back later on that evening, do some more. It just all depends on how we feel. Uh, did you see the um, the Netflix documentary on the Dungeon Family? This came out like in the last like six months it. or so. I didn't see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing. I heard it was real good. I heard yeah. it was real good. Yeah, amazing. And obviously, like similarly. They were recording yeah. in the Rico's, right. yeah, mm-hmm. um, mom's basement, and like at a certain point, though, I mean, how soundproofed was that basement? It's not. It wasn't really <laughs> that good. If you go listen to all the earlier records, you can tell like it doesn't sound. The quality doesn't even sound that good. Right. But but, I, yeah, but how was it for everyone who's living upstairs to hear like you know eight o'clock in the morning these the bass just like bumping? Uh, I I will say that's when you got you know good parents when like my <laughs> my mom really believed in you know and believed in what I was doing. Yeah, so, yeah. Actually, where was the shift? Because like you know you said originally that your parents were not into rap. Went with it. Yeah. And so then like at what point are they like okay this is this is your path this is something that well, when you doesn't start annoy getting, us at seven o'clock know, in the morning. You get twenty years old and you see that okay my child has went and spent 
all his money on studio equipment. This is something he loved to do. Mm-hmm. So you almost had to, you know, give him a pass to see where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So then once you start making a little money doing it and they can see that, they, you know, then they, you get more lenient. Right. And I never forget when Icy came about, when we did Icy and it's on the radio, then it's like, do you need any snacks for your friends coming <laughs> over? Or do you, you know, how can we help? How can, you know what I mean? So and it, that's when it really shifts. Is yeah. Gucci the most uh, prol- like fastest working rapper that you know that you uh, worked with? I would say Gucci and Future are the fastest guys I ever worked with. Mm-hmm. What's the longest you've seen Gucci take on one song? Wow, sh- not long, maybe fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So you probably got spoiled at that, by the way. I'm spoiled by that. It's hard for me to work with somebody that doesn't work that fast because even when I make beats, even when I produce. You know, it only takes me five to ten minutes to do it. So, you know, anything that's taking longer than that, I get, you know, it's like, oh, it's taking too long. I get <laughs> dis- disinterested. And it's like, you know, you almost question if a person is taking longer than that, even though it's, you know, it's not true. But when a person takes longer than what we do, we think like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Because <laughs> everybody don't record that fast. Right. right. That's how we do so. So how long did... Uh did so icy take for you to come up with in the first place i was at the barber shop gucci called me like hey man young jeezy want to do a song with us at the time i didn't really know who young jeezy really was so i'm like all right cool i'm gonna leave the barber shop now went home made the beat it had to be five ten minutes because we trying to make it down to the studio with with jeezy so we can do the song with him so you hadn't had anything constructed before no that. no not at all <laughs> that's one thing about when we make music it's all spontaneous it's all right on the spot mm-hmm. you know so we had nothing was premeditated yeah. So when we went, I, I did the beat. We went down to the studio, and we just started making a song. <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. It is unbelievable, especially right then when I never had a hit song before. I never knew, you know, I was gonna ever make a hit song. It's just, oh, we do songs every day with each other. So this is our formula. This is how we do it. And so. it literally takes five minutes. It literally takes. Five, I don't know if you ever watch me on YouTube or anything like that, but if you go and and watch it, you'll see like, okay, he made the beat in five minutes. And was it something where you just knew that this was going to take off? No, never knew it. I, I never thought that I would be in a position that I'm in right now. I never thought I'd be a, a, a producer that had been in the game for 10 years. But even with that one song, did you see a difference between that and everything you had done before? Nope. Wow. I still felt I still was going to the barbershop every day. I was still doing, you know, my same daily routine. I just felt I almost felt like I got maybe it was luck. Like it was a lucky I got lucky. And, and right. Got like it was like a fluke or yeah, something. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought that, man, that was a fluke. But I ain't going to, you know, depend on that. I got to go back to the barbershop, you know. So five minutes later, you made another beat and <laughs> just kept going. Yeah. So. But really. But at, at that point, even with So Icy on every radio station mm-hmm. and and clearly like everyone's you know interested in this new sound this new scene mm-hmm. this new idea mm-hmm. you're cutting hair and mm-hmm. you think that that that's your profession down down the road yeah right? i still think i'm cutting hair music was, has always was always like a side deal for me when it came to that because i'm a guy that you know i, I just b- believe in stability and i and it's probably because the way i seen my parents work and you know the way they live their lifestyle so it's like I didn't want to just put my all into music and then it fails and it's like uh, so I always kept it as a hobby. And what was the big difference between Atlanta and what you had known in the Bay? I think Atlanta had just start started to grow just musically and it's all the stars was being made. You know, when you start seeing Young Jeezy, uh, 
you know, start blowing up. You know, I just started seeing the difference. I started seeing so much money around, so many people with a lot of money and jewelry and cars. So, you know, that's when it, it caught my attention. It's like, okay, this is where I want to be as far as musically. In the Bay, I didn't really see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't see that at all. So, so you know, you have um, a lot of rappers to come over to your house still. Mm-hmm. Who's the nicest car, or what's the nicest car that's uh, parked outside of your house? That somebody else drives? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all nice cars, man. You know, you got, I mean, it's always Ferraris and Bentleys and Maybacks and, you know, Lamborghinis. Is it just, like, on the street? Yeah, they'd be on the street. You should get a valet. You yeah. Have somebody, like, you know, <laughs> you know I, keys I, for and... a while I thought my neighbor was going to, you know, start really tripping, but, you know. I guess they enjoy seeing all these nice cars coming around. Do well, they maybe like pass out like CDs in front of your house or pass out CDs? Yeah, like are people like trying, trying to, to get, get noticed, on? Yeah. Uh, or is your address not out there like that? It's not out there like that. Do but you want to put it out there on this podcast? <laughs> no, 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 no. no okay. No. <laughs> I, I will say I, I I got scared a few times because I didn't have somebody knock on my door and be like, "Hey, you Zaytoven, you stay right here." Whoa. I don't know, you know, I don't know if they came from the neighborhood where they come from, but maybe them seeing so many cars or so many artists come to the house. Yeah, it's yeah, a good tip off. Yeah, it's like a tip off. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, where you who told you <laughs> who told you to come over here? So, yeah, but you know, genuine genuinely I don't really have too many problems when it comes to that. So, before you you had your home studio, so mm-hmm. You went from your parents' place, then were you working in studios around Atlanta? Yeah, I started moving around. I was at Patchwork a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, Big Cat had a studio, like when Gucci was with Big Cat, so I was at that studio a lot. But uh, Patchwork and, and Big Cat studio, but still, most of the time I was still at the house. Mm-hmm. Everybody still wanted to come to the house and record. Well, who's so beyond beyond Gucci, who started coming over to your parents' house that were you know people that would sort of change your course uh titty boy you where two chain used to come so (laughs) that's when he was titty boy we had so we had drama up here and we're like Mm. we're like and we've known drama for a while we're like drama Mm. tell us like we don't want we don't want to hear any two chain stories we want to hear titty Titty boy Boy stories so can you share some titty boy stories uh titty boy story i still have titty boy recording at the house i like you know because i used to make the beats and record them, but at the same time, I had a video camera, so I just wanted to record everybody that's coming over because I felt like the footage would be good. Yeah, I remember putting the camera on Titty Boy at like maybe one in the morning, right? And he's writing his verse, he's finna get ready to record his verse. <clears throat> then I put the camera back on the clock again, it had to be about six o'clock, <laughs> and we still waiting on him to do you know to finish his verse, and oh it was just God. like, man, it's <laughs> killing me. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's my most memorable story about Titty Boy being at the house. We know a story about CeeLo, how um, one time when he was recording, he he laid on the couch, um, like, all the the way back, like, Uh head, like, on the actual couch, and they moved the microphone into his mouth, like, right, like, that that far away. Um, Does anybody have, like, weird uh, recording methods? Weird recording methods. Like, I need, like, 10,000 candles in here trying to start a fire or I need to like you know like CeeLo record like upside down like you yeah. know and <laughs> nah most, for the most part it's just speed speed has been the, the I guess it can be you know unusual at times but the speed like guys like Gucci man if if it takes too long for the beat he can have an idea and he ready to record and it and you go five minutes past that he's like I don't even want to record no more I don't like the beat no more like you know <laughs> 
that's just how you know that's that's crazy to me yeah but that's just how you know how he worked so um obviously Does Gucci like uh cycle through flows a lot or is he just like okay this is the one I've decided on yeah, and that's it that's yep. it once he got something he decided on he going with it yeah so being in Atlanta and it's such a hotbed for producers and artists alike and it really is I mean arguably the center of of hip-hop in the last like 10 years right yeah. can you talk about do all producers get along with each other? Like, because that, you know, seemingly it could be territorial mm-hmm. and people could not want to get along, but you, you get along with, with Metro and yeah, you get yeah. along with Sonny, Sonny oh, and yeah. all these guys. Like, yeah. how, how is it not like, oh, I'm just going to be on my own island and not mess with anybody else? Well, I think at the beginning it was like that. When I first started, now it was, all I can remember is me, Shawty Red, mm-hmm. and, and I think Drama Boy and Nitty at the time. That's all I can remember. And we didn't work with each other, you know. Did you run we into was cool. each other? Yeah, we ran into okay. each other all the time. And we had respect for each other. And, you know, and we like, you know, we say we like each other's music and all that. But you didn't but mean it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like well, we really just competitive. Like, I really yeah. need to go harder than him. You know, mm-hmm. so we watching each other moves. Uh, now the new guys, like you say, with Metro and Mike Will and mm-hmm. Sonny, they was like a whole nother generation after, you know. So I think... I opened up because I think they I think they had so much respect for me and the way they treat me and the way they talk about me. It's like, man, Zay, you you know, I, you the king of this, or you know, I watch <laughs> you. You the reason I started making beats. So it just it it genuinely made me want to reach out and work with these guys, you know. And yeah. who was the first uh, person you like did a co-production with? The first person I did a co-production with that got placed on something was Metro. Mm-hmm. Sonny was the first guy to come over, and it was the idea of like us doing a beat together. So. And how do those situations work? Are you do you do you prefer just to stay on the keys, or are you like I want to loop something up drum wise? And it's it's either or. It's like when Metro come over, it's we don't know what we're doing. It's like I might just start some drums and and add maybe one piano sound, and then give it to him. He go in the other room and add whatever he add to it, or he might have five. Uh, you know, tracks that he didn't did already that need to be finished. Some of them might have drums in them. Some of them might just have, you know, a sound in it. It's just, you know, however it comes, and, and we just work it like that. And Mike Will uh, executive produced uh, Gucci's new album, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I, I believe the way I, I read it worked was that um, Gucci would call mm-hmm. from jail and explain a sound as best he could. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe hear hear a beat that Mike was doing and mm. adjust it via the phone, right? Uh-huh. How would you be involved in that process? Would Mike have to convey what Gucci had thought he heard or wanted to get? I'm not really sure. I just know that Gucci heard the uh, Two Chains record, the MF and Right, that me and Mike Will done together, and it you know made him click like, hey man, that's what I need. I need you know I need this sound right here, and you know naturally I've been the the first producer that he ever worked with, Mike Will came not too long after that. So you know we've been as the the first guys to even worked with him. So I just felt like you know he he said he wanted to take it all the way back to the basics, go back to the guys he didn't started with, and let us work together. You know bringing a new sound together. So um, how does it feel to be like uh, executive produced though by uh, by Mike Will? Well, I wouldn't say I don't even really know what that means. Near do I? Yeah. <laughs> Because it's, you know, I think we, we all did this, you know, we just collectively just came together and put the records together. So, you know, I don't really know what that means. Um, while, while Gucci was away, there was a steady stream of music 
that came out. There were yeah. mixtapes, and mm-hmm. you know, it was just. Yeah, has anybody listened to all of Gucci's catalog? I'm pretty sure there's a lot of fans that you know that listen to every song you put out. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. I yeah. can't. I can't. How it's can you much. keep up? You can't. I can't keep up. Yeah, there has to be some songs that just come out and you're just like, I, I'm hearing this for the first time. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I. I mean, I can go to a club still now and hear something like I never heard this before. <laughs> and it could have been out, you know, maybe three years. So. So while while he went away, was there was there uh, a hesitancy that you would work with anyone else like? exclusively or did you want to sort of like save certain beats for gucci how would that work uh no when he went away it's like you know i I felt like i had to get even more on my grind and 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 stay relevant so when he does come out i'm one of the guys he still wants to go to like you know because i I don't want him to just come to me because like man we just the oldest friends in the world and you know, I'm going to help you out and put you on this album. I wanted to be like, I need Zaytoven to be on my album. I need Zaytoven to produce me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I took that as in, okay, he's gone. Now I'm going to go even harder and make myself bigger. So when he comes out, he's going to be like, man, Zay, you done been going extra hard. Like, <laughs> you know, I need you. So And he said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what he said. So I love on Way Back, which might be my favorite track on the mm-hmm. new album. I love how he says, and I think he really means it, he yeah, really that does. he'd rather dra- uh, rap on your track than a Dre track. I never had an artist brag so much about me than Gucci. So, you know, he said, he's th- when he told me, he said, Zay, you finna hit this song, you about to fall out. And when I heard the, <laughs> I heard him say the line, the man just made me smile so big. Yeah. What was the first moment like seeing him when he came out of jail? Well, you got to, you know, keep in mind that we have done this over and over again. Right. right. You know, so it was the same thing. You know, we're happy to see each other. We hug, we smile, we laughing, joking. And then it's, it's right back to work. Were you surprised at how he looked? No, not at all. Because, you know, I, I didn't seen Gucci when before he got big. I didn't seen him when he'd been smaller than what he is. I didn't seen him, you know, when he had hair standing on top of his head, when he had a big old beard. So, you know, I wasn't surprised because I know Gucci, if he's gone for that amount of time, he's going to change his look. He want to do something that's going to make everybody just be like, oh, you seen Gucci, man? <laughs> so, How could you be sure it was actually him? Did you, like, test him? No. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. I was talking to him, you know, you know, weeks and, and, and months before he got out. So, you know, I'm talking to the same guy I know. You know, I know it's the same guy. Or so you think. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying it could be a clone. It could. I mean, listen, <laughs> he's acknowledged it as such. Can you talk about the, the big concert that they did down at the Fox Theater mm-hmm. to celebrate Gucci being home? That was big, man. That was so big for me and him. I, we talked right before the show had went on. He was like, Zay, this is just so big for us right here. Because I think we created a certain genre of music. Not just saying we created trap music, but the way you know our trap music sound is, is, is what you know everybody's mimicking you know, right now and everybody that's trying to be a part of. So it was so big for us to sell out, you know, for him to sell out the Fox Theater. Atlanta. It was just like, man, you know, we never thought that. We never, we never seen that coming. So, and uh, I mean, everybody was there. Everyone was there. Everybody was there. Dolph drove in. Yeah. uh, From Memphis. Uh, Yeah. What was it like? A green Lambo or like a blue one or something like? No, I think it was a blue um, Ferrari. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm colorblind. So close. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, but the 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 appearance that made us most happy, and I think from what we hear, made the crowd most happy. Above Drake, mm-hmm. above Future, above OJ anybody the, else. OJ the Juice. Hey. OJ the Juice. Hey. Yeah. 
you know, and we had, you know, we fought so hard. I said, man, OJ the Juice Man has to be in this concert. And got the biggest ovation. He did. Yeah. He did. Because that's what people want to see. If you're talking about Gucci, man, you want to see the guys that help, you know, that whole sound blossom. And that was Zaytoven and, and OJ. And so. do we understand correct that you guys are working on a full length together? Yes, we are. Oof. Do you have a Do you have a timeline for that? No, I don't have a timeline. Is there Is there necessarily a timeline when you guys work together, or just like when it's done, it's done? It's when it's done, it's done, or when we feel like dropping it, or when he feels like dropping it. That's when it is. And what can you say about your relationship with OJ, especially with with a song like "Make the Trap Say A"? Hey. This has been my bro. He's always gonna be my bro, whether he's on top or where he whether he's not even doing music anymore. You know, I. Those are the guys I'm most proud of because they grew, they grew their whole career right in my mom's basement. So Gucci and OJ, always gonna be my, you know, my top guys. Um, where's Waka at these days? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. If 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 you've been listening to the music or paying attention, like I always walk, uh, was rocking with Waka, but I wasn't as influ- influential in his right. career. I didn't do as much music with him, mm-hmm. you know. So I can't really speak on Waka as much as I can, like a OJ. Just right. Sure. In the Bricks video, Nicki Minaj has a cameo. Mm-hmm. A, a, like yeah, because she was down with Dirk early, at the time. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. What What was your relationship with her back then? Did you? She was. Uh. She was like you know another artist that she was coming over every day over to my mom's basement. You know, Gucci. <laughs> you know, she was just a, like a one of us. She was like a OJ the Juice man. She was like a, a Walker or somebody at the time just coming over recording all the but, time. But but from New York though. So is her like flow and sort of attitude and. And presence a little, little different. different. Yeah, it, was, it definitely was a, a little different. And you know, she was a pretty girl, so <laughs> I think all the rappers was coming over just to see, I'm sure. <laughs> just to see her. You know, they wouldn't even care about how she rapped. Yeah. When Asylum uh, got involved with the the Gucci project, obviously with the OJ project, was there any thought at the time that you would be a part of that from an A and R standpoint, from a um, having your own label in there, was there any talk of you being a part of Asylum? Uh, no, not really. It was just, I think I was just the guy that was just doing all the music and was a big part of it. I don't know how the deals and everything got structured. So, you know, I didn't really get uh, a lot of info on what was really going on. It was just like, okay, we, Zaytoven doing all the music and Gucci and OJ, we doing a deal over here with, you know, with them, so. But, like, if you look at, like, what Mike Will has done over at Interscope mm-hmm. and with Ray Schremmerd and, mm-hmm. like, every everything that he touches right. under mm-hmm. his umbrella, is mm-hmm. there any thought that maybe you'd want to have your own situation where you can grow an artist and get credit for it fully? Uh, I, I, you know, I thought about that all the time and I always felt like, man, this is what I need to do. You know, I need to do this now. I need this is the next level. This is what I want to do. But then I always have, you know, drawbacks where it's like, well, I don't want to fully commit to that. Maybe I don't want to really have my own artist as much because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more babysitting. You're more responsible for this person's career and everything. I kind of I like working with the artist the way I do now where I can still, you know, I can still work with the guys, you know, all the new guys that's coming out. I can still do so much with Futures, do so much with, with Gucci or be still be so much part of 21 Savage or Lil Uzi Vert or, you know, all these guys without really having to wrap my mind around these my artists right here. I got to make sure they do this. I got to make sure they blow up. I got to make sure they single gold, gold or whatever. So um, I'm still fighting with it. What would you say? Is, what song are you most proud of? 
Uh, it's a lot of songs I'm really. I proud mean, of. there's a lot of songs you've made. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of songs that really I'm just. But really like proud you know, of. winning a Grammy, mm-hmm. like is that like a thing for you, or no, is it just like yeah? Uh, it did. No, it didn't, it didn't really make me feel a certain way. It's good, you know. I can I can use it as a conversation piece. Like man, you know. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I did this a is number my, one song. Yeah. I got a Grammy with Usher. You know yeah. What yeah. I mean? Where does it sit, by the way? Uh, just in the basement. <laughs> in the basement, all my you know plaques and pictures and that's like a know. light stunt. Yeah, yeah it's like it in the basement with everything <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it keeps the door open. Yeah, yeah. It keeps the door open. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know it doesn't mean as much to me as a icy or Versace. Right. You know it doesn't mean as much to me. I'm sure it it means more to go to a Hawks game and and hear Sir exactly. Foster playing bricks exactly. on. The- Did Versace exactly. send you a bunch of Versace after that song came out? No, they actually I actually went to the store and said, man, let me get a free shirt or a pair of shoes. They're like, nah, we can't do that. Nothing. What? But we love the song. <laughs> yeah. You're really great. Thank yeah, you. That doesn't yeah. do me any good when I want to like go out. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get more phone calls after the Grammy happened or? Well, no, I didn't, because I don't think anybody even really knew that I even did the Usher, or even I don't even know if they even cared as much. Really? I was I, I was so known for being like the trap king of making beats that you know it's like anybody really paid the Usher that much attention. Are there any any genres or or parts of genres that you'd like to work with? Like, do you want to go like that R and B route and change it up? Do you want to? Um, work outside of right of do you want to work with like good charlotte <laughs> i don't even know who good charlotte is but <laughs> <laughs> what i have realized is you know i i did the fallout boys um remix album mm-hmm. right that came out with not too too long ago mm-hmm. close to a year ago right and what i'm finding out even even the other genres of music that i do want to get into whether it's r&b or pop they're now coming to our world they started to come right. to the trap world now so it allows me to still be who I am. It still allows me to be Zaytoven mm-hmm. and let, you know, kind of wait it out and let them come to me. Because now, like, when Usher called me, you know, for a track or somebody called me big, you know, that's our R&B guy, they say, send me the beats that you send in Future and Migos and Gucci. They don't want, you know, they don't want this big R&B sound and music. No right. More. They want the music that we're doing, you know, that, that's, you know, making the, the kids' ears turn up so yeah by the way good charlotte is very much like fallout boy so weirdly <laughs> on point okay, we on yeah. point yeah, yeah. We on point. Um, um wait what was the conversation like with fallout boy uh nothing i i, I was almost scared when they called like yeah we want zaytoven to, to you know to be on this project and i'm like well i don't know their music i don't even make that type of music i like what y'all want why y'all, why y'all want to do something with me why they, did they want to? Well, they wanted they wanted this trap. They wanted the sound that I had already was already doing, but yeah. they wanted to put Fallout Boys on that. But like, was there any like specific song that they were just like, oh, well, this is like? No, what I did is I redid Irresistible and was it Twin Skeletons? I think that's the name of it. Hmm. So you know, and they was just like, we want we want to redo these songs, but we want you to do it in your way. So that's dope. It is dope. Have you ever taken an artist to church? Yes, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. They didn't came to choir rehearsal. They didn't, you know, came in and sat in church. Gucci didn't came to church before. Really? Yeah. Like to sit in with you, or to sit like in the pews or something. Well, sit in the pew. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I don't, came, you know. yeah, they just came. They're there to find God, Eric. I don't know Jesus. if I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there was anybody who <laughs> Not you decided there for a to walk like, through. Yeah, no, have a feature, <laughs> like you know. 
<laughs> How awesome would that be? It'd be like, you know, on a Sunday, it'd be like your own sort of summer jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. see, How, this is a good idea. Um, yeah. How do we make this happen? I'm saying bring Usher to church yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. That, that should be what you do. Well, Usher goes to a, uh, you know, a lot oh, bigger competing church. church? A, a yeah, mega church? A mega church already, uh, so. Do you go to competing churches? Do you go to like, you do your, your set in the morning and then you're just like, oh, I'll go. Yeah, I do that all the time. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like we said, we don't know anything about church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, so our friend Greg, his birthday is Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So we always go up to his mom's house. She makes a big dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's it doubles as his birthday dinner. And so all the friends are over, plus the family's over to celebrate Christmas, Christmas uh-huh. right? And then afterwards, they go to Midnight Mass. Do you go to Midnight Mass? Uh-uh. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you know they have the It's thing. the turn up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so from our town, obviously we went to school. We're like... Honestly, not many Jews like in our town, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly Italian people. And so they all go to midnight mass. Mm-hmm. And every year, every year we say, because uh, we grew up 30 minutes north of here in, uh, in Westchester County. Mm-hmm. And we're like, every year we're saying, Greg, afterwards, we're going to go with you right there. And cause so, so all the people who haven't seen us since high school, like we walk in and like the holy water starts like bubbling or something <laughs> like that, right? And they're just like, what? Like what happened to you guys? And we yeah. never do it. And never do it. it. We, we always take the train back. I would go to church uh, with you though. Oh yeah, yeah. That's good. I advise you. I'll bring you on. All yeah. right. Do we answer like who all has come to church besides Gucci? Uh, you know, other guys like uh, the guy Young LA when he was, you know, oh, yeah, he was he was coming around a lot. So, you know, a lot of times there's somebody that's with me all the time, they might even get dropped off at the house. And so now they got to ride with me everywhere <laughs> I go. So if I got to go to church or rehearsal or something, it's like you in the car with me, so you got to come, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I just have to look up. Yeah, I knew I had a young LA. Ain't I? Yeah, Ain't of course. That yeah, was yeah, that yeah. was big song. That was big song. Awesome song. Big song. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Atlantic asked us to do this. Uh. If it wasn't for Gucci campaign, mm-hmm. right? And they have a bunch of people from Atlanta, a bunch of people from New York. Talk about the influence that Gucci had. And we went in there and we spoke for a while. And I think they're putting it together as a bigger project. Yeah, as now. a full end. They released some like smaller clips. Uh, were Were you in, involved? Yeah, with that? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was. We We talked about his influence in terms of like being the most influential A&R, right? Mm-hmm. And I said that I think in the past decade, there's no one more important in rap music than Gucci and Kanye West. Mm-hmm. I think the two of them together. So clearly there's this this family tree. You know, it starts with Gucci and then, mm-hmm. or maybe it's like a pyramid. And mm-hmm. and it goes through, uh, you know, everyone who's been influenced by him. And you can see it in the Migos. Yeah, you, can you can see it with Ray Strammer and yeah, all these it. artists, right? Mm-hmm. Now that everyone is doing something Gucci-ish, mm-hmm. <laughs> would you say that, or can you see what the next sort of like derivation is? Can you see where it's going next? Not that you have to give everyone like your yeah, secrets, yeah, but yeah, can yeah. you see what the next step is? It's, it's really hard to see right now. Cause you know, it's the, the kids are different and, and, and they're taking, like you say, so many people didn't take from like, you know, they take from Gucci. Even when the music I do, they take from what we created so long ago that it's hard to see what the next, you know, the next wave is or, or what's going to be the next thing. So what I do is, you know, I always try to continue to be with the, like you say, the little Yachty's and the mm-hmm. Uzi Verts and all. Because mm-hmm. I think 
mix matching what we do from you know since we've been in the game for so long and these new kids with the way they listen to music and how they present music you know i think that what what what's going to help create the new wave even with gucci when gucci start working with these new guys or guys that they might be kind of weird or something that's what's going to you know make that new thing or make that new wave and that's going to be to me like the future of this stuff who's somebody that came over to your house and you were just like what is this person doing like this person's like very young and very weird Weird. Uh, I haven't really rocked with a lot of weirdos, really. Like no, I mean, that. like, not like weird, like, like, I don't trust this person. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, um, not the person who knocked on your door. Yeah, and was like, was hey, like, they told me. I'm talking about music. Yeah. 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 I, I haven't really, to me, there has not has been a lot of guys that's been weird to me. Mm-hmm. Every Everybody I didn't work with, you know, has been somebody that's, we almost share the same ear when it comes to music. So, but like, um, what about people who have come over who you've been like, okay, like I don't know this person, and then like they've surprised you? Um, I, uh, the biggest surprise to me was Nicki Minaj. Mm. And, you know, because she used to come over and I just, I, you know, we used to work. I used to work with her all the time. And it's like, okay, this is cool. You know, she can rap. She's good. I didn't see her being the mega star that she is right now. So. That's been the biggest surprise, I think. But that's okay because you saw Gucci before anybody I else. I saw Gucci before yeah. everybody. I so, could see that. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we really appreciate you coming through. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Yeah. All right. We'll yeah. see you soon. We'll hey. see you at church. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Waste of Time with It's the Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about us, if people want to find out more about this podcast, if people want to find out more of the everyday goings on, of two Jews on the Upper West Side, where are they going to go? Church. Where else are they going to go? You can go to fullscreen.com slash it's the real to watch all of our episodes. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. Check out a waste of time with it's the real on iTunes. Please. Any of them. You can go to twitter.com slash it's the real, Instagram, it's the real, Facebook, it's the real, Snapchat. Wait. Yep. That's right. It's 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 the real and it's the real Eric because it's the real was taken. But you want to know what? This podcast is not going to grow if it's just the two of us talking about everywhere you can find us on the internet. That's right. You can also tell a friend, and then that friend should go tell a friend, and that third friend uh-huh. should go rate us and subscribe on iTunes and leave a nice comment. Jeff, do you have a friend that you would like to tell? I have a few people who hit me up this week. Yeah, and said, hey. Shot me out. And you said, What? <laughs> I said, Report for Sam. That's right. Rezzy Knight on okay. Instagram. How do you spell that? B R E Z Z Y Knight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he said, You guys better shout out Memphis on the next podcast. Better shout out Memphis. Shout out to Memphis. Yeah. We, we, shout out to Memphis. Wait, <laughs> wait. Memphis Bleak? Oh. Or, wait. Or Memphis, Tennessee. I don't know. All right. Well. They should find out. Get back to us. No, maybe we should rescind this uh, shout out until we figure it out. You think we should take it back? Yeah, take it back. All right. Who else you want to shout out? Uh, I got hit up by a guy from Texas whose name is Michael Jackson. Wait. Yep. You heard that right. It's his birthday. Happy birthday to Michael Jackson. Yeah. Wow. Um, he said that he wanted to shout out on the podcast. So and listen, to shout yeah. out to Michael Jackson. Spread the word, Mike. Then there was King of else. Pop. Yeah, for, for your birthday, do us a favor. Um, I would like to shout out a bunch of people. You know, I like to commemorate people's birthdays. Justine Sky. I also want to shout out Shinsuke Kata had a birthday. Wow. David Cho had a birthday. Yep. 
Yeah, the birthdays we should mention. Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson! Shout out to Michael Jackson. I also want to make mention of a guy who goes by Dollar Bin. Oh, that's who I wanted to shout out. Okay, so yeah. so that, that's their Dollar point. Bin. Just like it sounds. D-O-L-L-A-R underscore B-I-N. Dollar Bin. I don't know what his real name is. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is Dollar Bin. Who knows? Maybe but it's Michael Jackson. I want to say, Dollar Bin was nice enough to say on Twitter, I swear you guys are the only podcast outro I listen to. On others, I just deleted. But you guys? Nah. Yo, it's the real king of the outros. Woo! Not so bad on the intros. Gotta be, gotta be fair. Yeah. Kind of good on the intros. I don't and, know. Those, and those interviews... They'll, yeah. they'll do. Not for real. They'll for do. Real. No, but like, I think that we're killing the podcast game when it comes to outros. <laughs> <laughs> Outro kings. Outro, Outro kings. kings. Can I just say we ran into Elliot Wilson at the Young Thug Jeffrey Listening, and he was like, most fun interviews in hip hop. That's what you guys are running with? And I was like, look. That's all we got. <laughs> what, else, what else can we say? It's not like we're like the most credible interviews in hip hop. It's the most fun interviews in hip hop. People laugh at us. That's right. People laugh with us. <laughs> Some people laugh at us. Shout out to everyone who's laughing at us, with us, or against us. Whatever it is, we're here doing it every week. Jeff, do you want to do this again next week? Not for real, for real. Not for real, for real. Not for real, for real.